Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everyone listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for almost 20 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. How are you? What's going on? Tell me everything. Oh, God. You know, actually, one of the things I want to talk about is how nothing is going on. And I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I sort of tweeted about this recently, but uh, not this past week, but the week before. I didn't leave the house for seven days. And I talked about it on our last episode. Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, is I was embarrassed that I wasn't embarrassed. Okay. Mm And then this week, I did see more people. But now I'm starting to think I'm actually starting to go through uh, the the very beginning, the tremors of a clinical depression. Because, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever had this, where I don't really want to do anything. Like, I have to force myself to do things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's getting better. I feel if, I do feel like I've kind of turned the corner. Like, to, to, like just right before we recorded, I, I went and swam for a little bit. You know? Uh, but, like, even believe it or not, even getting the energy to do that... It's shocking to me. And I actually, uh, you know, went and I was productive today. But it feels like the past couple of weeks and past few weeks, I haven't been very, very productive. So I don't know. What, are you, what is your relationship with depression? Uh, basically, I'm asking you if I'm, if I'm going through a depression. I think you might be approaching one, sure. But I'm, I mean, I'm no psychotherapist, I'm, you know. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, I, I, pointed it out when you talked about your birthday seclusion mm-hmm. that like you know enjoying your alone time and there's a fine line between like enjoying that and like really just isolating yourself for me and yeah. so i just warned you of that and maybe you know if you're aware of it i think is part of the solution so you could kind of like you know say yes uh to something that was a you know a solid maybe kind of help it tip in the direction of yes so you actually do you know a couple of things mm-hmm. well what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to eat healthier try and be more active try and get yeah. the. I, I sort of feel like i've always likened like depression and anxiety is that you have this ball of energy and that if you don't know what to do with it then it turns into anger anxiety rage depression or whatnot and so you have to release that energy and because it's going to release itself some way, or you're going right. to get depressed. So that's why I think taking a quick swim was good. I think uh, eating healthier was good. Um, that's sort of what I've been sort of. I mean, that's, I mean, I have things to talk. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Actually, is Alex Lefebvre around? You know, as everyone should know, we do a live show 
uh, on Mixler.com slash Drag Race Recap. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, we are on Mixler.com slash Drag Race Recap. So join us because I'm going to tell you something. I've been telling people this all week. The real show... I mean, you guys, look, if you're listening uh, on a podcast, okay, fine. It's, 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 it's catching up. But I'm going to say the real show, the real tea, the real fun <laughs> is the hour after show. We do yeah. like we do about well, just as long of a show after the show. Where what it is is there's stories that, like, I don't want a permanent record of, but I want to tell my friend Joe. So, you know, if 20 people are listening, I'm cool with that. I don't mind, but I just don't want it permanently recorded, some of it. Right? You too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 spill the tea on that one. That's that's you know whenever things you... that are embarrassing, yeah. things that are scandalous, you know the real names of people. <laughs> yeah, so all the tea. Oh yeah, real names people come out. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something. This so I was listening. You ever heard of Big Fatty yeah. online? Uh huh. I was listening to his show the other day. You know, as I do every day, I listen to Big Fatty. Twenty minute show. You guys can do it. Download it. Uh, Big Fatty Online, okay? And I'm listening to this Big Fatty. He goes, Ah! We gotta, we gotta listen to what we got from Alex Lefebvre! Uh, listener Alex Lefebvre! Mike Lawson, Big Fatty didn't ask for this. Big Fatty didn't request it. Uh-huh. Big Fatty did not pay for this. Okay. Alex Lefebvre just... Straight up, I don't know. I don't even know what because Big Fatty and uh, our friend Adam Burns are doing a Big Brother recap show. You watch this Big yeah, Brother, right? Where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm might be a guest on the show. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So in the works, they're talking to my people. Okay. <laughs> so I guess they must have mentioned some song or I don't know what happened. Right? This Alex uh-huh. Lefebvre just decides to sit down and uh, but you, you guys know Alex Lefebvre, right? I'm gonna play you something. Here we go. This is this is Alex Lefebvre, very talented, super talented. We musician. paid him to record this song. I didn't wait very long. <laughs> right away via PayPal machine, I sent him all oh. that green. <laughs> he replied, "It really is right beautiful. away." I went left with nothing to say. This beautiful piece I paid money for. We play it at the end of our show. <laughs> then I'm listening to this big fatty. He got a piano piece all for free. Alex Lefebvre just sends piano pieces apparently for free all the time. <laughs> I tweeted I the story. I understand. This uh, Alex Lefebvre. <laughs> I sent him some mean Bible verses. Like, listen, we we paid Alex Lefebvre money to do that. And by the way, let me tell you this: worth every fucking penny, worth every goddamn penny. Big Fatty gets it for free, for free. <laughs> Well, that was very nice of Alex Lefebvre. And is it like a song that they're using on the show then? Their Big Brother podcast? I don't know what they're using it for. I don't know. Alex oh. Lefebvre just apparently just records piano music. I guess they can do whatever uh, uh, they uh, want. 
I Joey, I have a contrary opinion. I think we paid Alex. Um, we didn't pay him enough. I think that that song is so good that he deserved uh, twice as much. I'm going to tell you something. Um, you know what? You're saying that. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I'm not offering. Oh, no, pay. no. <laughs> Alex, no. Hold on for a second. Hold, please. And Alex Lefebvre can back this up. He, he asked for a certain amount and I paid him twice what he asked for. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex Lefebvre asked for a certain amount, and I paid him twice what he asked for because I thought it was so good. Um, So basically what you did is you gave him the cash that he then used to supply the time for him to make this for Big Fatty. So, you know, you helped Uh Alex out. Uh You helped Big Fatty out. That's great, Joe. Everything is great in this story. We have great music. Mm -hmm. Now Big Fatty has great music. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm sure Big Fatty like it 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 livened up Big Fatty's show. It was great. You know, I'm going to tell you something and he did a great job. I was actually very impressed. I was like, "Wow, Alex Lefebvre is so talented." Anyway. <laughs> hey, Joe, yes. I have some news for you. Sure. Um and you hear, you're hearing it here first cuz I'm going to announce it on social media probably in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um but this is going to come out first. But anyway, you guys aren't in my kind of diabetes world, so it's fine. But I um am, uh I wrote a book and I what? illustrate it, and it comes out. It'll be on Amazon for sale on Amazon, um probably by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little children's book for children with diabetes, and it's mm-hmm. like about routine and kind of creating a routine and normalizing that routine. Like a comedy it's routine, real simple. Yeah, yes. The comedy routine. <laughs> the comedy routine they can get down and go like <laughs> I can't even think go of ahead. jokes. Okay. I can't even think of jokes. Um so the the uh uh it's a it's just a little picture book, um, really repetitive and whatever. I'm kind of excited about it, but I'm also a little bit proud. Like it just feels good to kind of accomplish it and get it out there because it's been in the works for a really long time, much longer than it took to actually do just through um, depression of mm-hmm. my own depression, my own kind of like isolation. And then like just a weird funk where like art wasn't happening at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels good to kind of get it out there and done. Um, but something weird that happened is uh, my friend Celeste, you know, you know, Celeste. I know Celeste. On here sure have. Um, an occasional friend of the show. Um, so she might be, hi, hi Celeste, if you're listening, she's a weird, uh, she has a weird pattern of his, of listening. Unlike we have friends that listen to every episode and we have friends that listen to no episodes, but Celeste has a weird thing where I think she just kind of listens when she wants to check in. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't hear every episode, but she'll just say, she'll just check in and listen to the most recent episode. Mm-hmm. So I'll get random texts where she just like ask questions about things I know I've talked about on here, mm-hmm. but is like just catching up on some. Uh, so, but anyway, she's, Oh, she, and she's moving to Berkeley in a few weeks. So she'll, Oh, be, she is. Yeah. So that's going to be great. But anyway, um, I made the mistake of, um, the f- first few rounds of this book that I put out, I got some feedback from some friends in the diabetes world. Mm-hmm. In my head, it's a diabetes book. You know, they could kind of help me, you know, guide me in the right direction. A Mm -hmm. couple of uh, mothers. Um, So that's just kind of the route I took. Mm -hmm. 
Then on the very final draft, for some reason, I waited till the final draft. I sent it to Celeste. Okay. And she just has like a much different and a, uh, a different view of kind of like this world. And so, you know, it, it, her feedback was so good, mm-hmm. but it was like, rewrite this, start over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't her, those weren't her words, but like to really uh, implement her really good feedback, it would be kind of starting over on this thing that I'd worked. So like I've gotten to this point, I'm so happy that it's kind of like, almost done mm-hmm. so joey what would you do what well, whether you know i, well, uh, I would me, i would implement the things that i wanted to implement and then not implement the things i didn't well i want to implement all of them mm-hmm. but i also don't want to start over because i feel like what i've done is kind of worth putting out there right is she asking you to completely start over she didn't ask me to do anything. She just gave her feedback and she's helped me kind of there. There are things that I could do much better. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really, her opinion is really good. Um, but it's, I feel like what I've, I'm here's basically, here's what I'm doing. So I'm putting this book out as is um, with the, you know, some tweaks uh, based on her feedback. And then I, I've kind of, told her I'm going to do another one of these and mm. I'm going to do something a little more complicated than what I've done for this first one. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's hard to really judge. I don't know. You're, you're, are you, is there like a spoiler? Like you're not giving away in the baby book? Or like, is there like one specific example? Is there something you can give as a specific example? Well, hers was just like about variation. Um, she uh, showed me some example. She's also a new mother. So mm-hmm. she's um, and she's a, a neuroscientist that focuses on children and their development and language development. So like she has like a just such a, a really kind of like uh, great perspective to help me on this. And it, I don't know why it didn't even cross my mind until the very final draft. So she just gave me like a foundation that I could then grow something like really great out of mm-hmm. that this book didn't and it kind of like uh, this book wasn't thinking about, or I wasn't planning ahead far enough. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and there's, so she, she just had like a really good kind of like background in that, that I can't implement really without starting over. So so, what have you decided to do? You decided just to go ahead for, go, to implement yeah, so none of it. It's coming out. This was and this was a while back, but um, the book is coming out. I'm super excited. I have um, uh, uh, printed proof that's going to come by the house to make sure everything's cool, and then I pull the trigger, and it's pretty much for sale on Amazon right away. So uh, I'm excited. Now let me ask you this question: You come on this show every goddamn week. We never miss a week. And sometimes you're like, oh, God, nothing really happened this week, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't really have any yeah. stories, you know? Yeah. You never mentioned this? You never mentioned to me off air or anything like that? Yeah. This has been a total secret? Well, I have this. This is a theory or a philosophy I have with, like, art and just creating stuff, and I'm really awful at it. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like the – and this is – a wonderful testament to why this philosophy should be adhered to more often in my life. I, if I talk about uh, artistic endeavor, then I, I, I get the kind of pleasure out of it that I, I, I then don't have to complete it. Yeah. So 
I kept it to myself and I completed it. And that means that I should probably do that more often, you know, like work on it in private. Cause it's, you know, it doesn't need to be talked about till it's done. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be doing book signings or anything that people can go to people in the catching up world? Can are, are all of our, our, our thousands and thousands of listeners can go get I, a book sign. Let me ask you this question. I, I know you're not going to do a book signing, but can people, yeah. is there a way for people to buy this book on Amazon and get it signed by you? Like, you know, because now what they do is if you can't make it, they can send you like an insert that you people sign. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh huh. That's and they're not, called like book I mean, plates or something. something like that. I'm going to worry myself about now. <laughs> then like, well, Mike, as we know, you are a, not only a podcasting celebrity, yeah, but also a a a a titan in the world of diabetes. You're so dumb. There must be so many fat girls who are so excited to buy this book. Why? I would. I would. I would. I, like I, would I, I don't know why. That, but Mike, come on. You know. You and I know that that to, you are like to fat girls. Um, Joe, come on. Um, what do you say? What? What's wrong? Why? Let's just move forward. Why do we have to do this? Girl, fat girls love you. They, I don't know what it is. You know. You know who would love you. You know who would love you. I'm not even joking. Have you watched this show? Nailed it on Netflix. No. This fat girl that host nailed it. Right. She would love you. She is literally the prototype of the kind of girls that just lose their shit over you. Where they do this voice and they sing. You know, like super musical theater. She does that a lot. And uh, you should watch this Nailed It. Um, I don't I don't know why I'm telling you to watch this show. So here's the deal with Nailed It. Do you, do you know this Nailed It at all? No. Okay, well, it's time for... Uh, the, the volume's always low. Mike and Joe on the aisle. Today, we're talking about the Netflix show, Nailed It. Okay, so this show nailed it. Let me tell you about it. They get horrible bakers, okay, to come on this show. They're horrible. And and here's the thing. I want to call some bullshit on this show. So what they do, they get these horrible bakers to come on the show, and then they give them these really difficult baking challenges. And the humor comes in is you see the fucking mess. That they, <laughs> like, it doesn't look anything at all like what they're supposed to bake, okay? Like the final product doesn't look good? Oh, Mike, it's a, it's, it's a mess. You got to see. It's so funny. I will say it's a brilliant concept for a show because they'll do like these really you – know, like, you know like Cake Boss, that guy? Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll say you have to make this, and you have this amount of time to do sure. it, right? So it looks, but it might. <laughs> it looks like they just like threw like just cake vomit on a on the thing, and, go, and that's what's supposed to look like it, right? So it's already the premise is already funny, okay? This host of this show, I think her name's Amber Riley. What a nightmare she is! She was in the from show this, from Glee. Yeah. I don't know what she was like on this Glee. I didn't watch this Glee. But like I told you, the premise is already funny. The premise is already hilarious. Okay? We don't need you to be hilarious. Like, she's that. She's like that very fat girl musical theater. You know the fat girl who does musical theater but never gets past the chorus? Like, you, is it scripted? Is her no, shit no, no, scripted? 
no, no, but she's like, like, there's a part where, like, you can press, press a buzzer and she'll go and annoy the other contestants. And I'm like, you're already annoying. You, no one needs to press a button. Okay? And that she's the most, I don't know what you would think. For me, she, I love watching the show. She is the most difficult part for watching that show. Um, I will. I s- like her. Well, you maybe like her on Glee. I don't know if you would like her on this, uh, on this, yeah. uh, on this show. But um, uh, I, I don't like her um, on this show. I don't like her. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Ooh, are you going to play the outro music? Oh, thank you. You know what? Thank you, Mike. There, there we go. So, I, so anyway, here we go. Nailed it. Uh, watch it for as many episodes as you can. The concept is great. The host is horrible. So anyway, so where what can people? No, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's do, let's do a proper plug for your baby book. What's it called again? Uh, well, it's not available. It might not be available on um iTunes. I mean iTunes on Amazon um right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called "Open Up Your Bag: A Diabetes Picture Book" by Mike Lawson. Find it on Amazon really soon. Um, but I won't be talking about it much on social media until it's available. So you guys are getting it first. Well, you should have called it was Mavis Beacon Teaches Type 1. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that was the working title, but, you know, editors. <laughs> By the way, who was this Mavis Beacon? And what does she know about typing? She was a really well known for typing. I'm going to tell you something. Remember, Mike, Mike knows this. I didn't know how to type. And when Mike and I were friends, I used to have to have him do things for me because I couldn't type. <laughs> and then while we were friends, I actually got this Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing, and I learned how to type. I learned I know how to type now, but I had to learn when I was like well in my 20s how to type because um, I didn't know how to type. I have a coworker who's significantly younger than me, mm-hmm. and every time we talk, she makes me feel old. And... Uh, recently we were talking about taking typing in high school and uh, we were kind of going in depth about it. And we realized that I have been doing it on a typewriter while she was doing it on a computer. And man, did that make me feel old? Oh, I'm, I constantly feel old all the time. <laughs> like, cause you know what I, I realized is, you know, I have another podcast called um, girls on film. That I do with a friend of the show, Sweet Michael. Okay, available in like 2020, right? It's not available yet. No, it'll be no, but the Patreon support, <laughs> Patreon members will get it soon. And I think we're gonna yeah. do it. I think we're gonna record it live on Mixler this week. If you're if you're if you're not subscribed to Mixler, you really need to go to drag to drag to mixler.com slash drag race recap and subscribe to the show to the channel because I know and Michael M I X dot L R no M I X L R dot com. <laughs> Yeah, it's mixlr.com slash drag race recap. And you have to subscribe and you'll get a notification. Turn on the notifications. You'll get one. I think we're going to do it this I know I know we're doing it this week. I don't know the day or time yet. So, uh, but we are definitely doing this week. We're, 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 so anyway, the point is we are, we are talking about the movie Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Okay, that's fun. Okay. That movie came out in 1997. Yeah. I remember that movie coming out. Right. Mike Lawson, <laughs> that's awful. And I'll go like, it's not that long. I'm like, oh, 
was twenty yeah. years ago, or when even sure. when I even when when we talk like Mike, we've known each other for almost twenty years. That is ridiculous. Because I feel like when I met you, I was twenty. So that means you were nineteen. Like you were nineteen. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's weird. No, so I was, the, I was only weird. sixteen. Joey, listen to this. The age, okay, the number of years I had lived up until the point I met you is l- shorter than the time that I've known you. <laughs> Wait, officially? Not yet. Close. We're getting, okay, so the time right. that I had lived on the planet was very similar to the amount of time I've known you. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, I've known you half my life. There you go. Wow. Um, did we wrap up? Did, 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 well, I want to get. I'll get to my other story. Where are we? Is well, this I, the bank? <laughs> we'll get to my other story. But here's the thing: is did we wrap up the depression thing? Yeah, because I I had started my story. Do you think okay. diabetes, speaking of your children's book, can cause depression? Oh yeah. Oh the, really? The, the depression rate in people with diabetes is like substantially higher than people that don't have it. People with a chronic condition, it's higher, but. Diabetes specifically, it is for sure. That's that's been studied. Wait, you know, I know we don't refer to the chat room on this show, but I think yeah. I, I think it's important that we do. Amber Riley was on Glee. Yeah, but she is not the host of Nailed It. It's another fat black girl <laughs> named Nicole Byer who has nothing to do with Glee at all. And we've been corrected in the chat room. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I talking to Joe or Betty Batanz? Because <laughs> this is such a old mother mistake. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed. But okay. So the, you know what? Yay for Amber Riley. She's not annoying. This is Nicole Byer. I don't know who this person is then. She's a horrible human being. She's so annoying. She's one of the people who's like... Mike Lawson, get over here because I'm going to eat your shirt. You know, like does that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, God, girl, we need to bring it. Like she's a girl when you're at a gay bar, you're like, bitch, we get it. You're wearing a penis hat and you're happy because you want to have a gay friend really badly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. I might. That. I mean, I've heard people talk about it and people are enjoying it. So I should mm-hmm. check it out. Okay. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. So I went to go see... Um, a movie on Saturday. It's a documentary. Oh, wait. Hold on for a second. Oh, my God. Again? And now it's time for Joe and Mike on the aisle. This week, we're talking about the documentary Three Identical Strangers. Available now wherever you see documentaries that are independent. And I don't know where you would see it anyway. <laughs> so, um... I've heard of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the premise, and I'm not going to give anything away. No spoiler alerts here. They're not necessary. The premise, this is the first two minutes, is this guy shows up to junior college, right? This is like in the 70s. No, no, 1980, actually. Shows up to junior college, new college, and people start saying hi to him and like pat him on the back. And long story short, it turns out he's adopted, but he doesn't know he has a twin brother. Okay, who's also adopted. They didn't know each other existed. And this comes out in the news. It's a huge news story. And because of that news story, another brother, now it's a triplet, comes out of the work because he's like, I didn't know I had two brothers. 
And then, so they, they become famous as these identical triplets who got to know each other later in life by a freak accident, right? Okay, yeah. What the documentary is about is it, it does research into why they were split up. And I'm not going to give any anything away, but there's a, a dark past to why they were split up. And that's what okay. the documentary is about. Did they were they adopted from another country? Is that no, right? no, they were adopted from the U.S. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Interesting. So, do you think the movie's good? Yeah, it's very good. I really liked it. I should go see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go see it. You you will really like it. I think it, it's a good. It's a once again. I think with most documentaries, you can wait until it comes out on DVD. But if you really want to see, if you're in the mood to see a documentary, that's a good one. That is a good one because it's super interesting about why they were split up and and all that jazz. Okay, well, there you go. So as I'm leaving the theater, I turn my phone back on, right? I'm a polite audience member. Mm -hmm. And I look, and literally one minute before, uh, my friend Vanessa had called. Okay, now Vanessa lives in New York, but I thought that she had called. So I, I, and she, I, I text her and say, hey, I just walked out of a movie. What's up? And she goes, FaceTime me right now. I FaceTime her. She goes, I'm in LA for two days, but Joe, I just met your soulmate. And, I, and you need to, uh, you need to hang out with this person and uh, meet this person. Intriguing. Yeah, but. As you know, I mean, I'm not going to get too into it because this is this is after show type oh. stuff. I'm I'm in, I'm invo- yeah. I'm currently not available. We'll say, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, speaking of annoying fat girls, it's like this, and there's there's nothing wrong with this. Actually, he's not annoying. He's actually a very nice person. It's just a a a, a heavy set, uh, bearded man. Okay. So, okay. And that, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just very not my type. And I'm and I was actually thinking like I know Vanessa. Like yeah. What about like I'm not I'm not saying she did anything wrong, but I mean Mike, would you ever set me up with like a a heavy set bearded guy? No, I also don't think I would ever try to set you up. Now why is that? That's a very interesting safe. question. Why is that? <laughs> I just well, first of all, I don't want to get involved. Like mm-hmm. anyone, you know what I mean. Like in my circles, I don't want to like be the person that then I don't know. I just don't need that drama. Mm-hmm. Like I will certainly invite you, you know, places and you can meet my friends. Mm-hmm. And then if you hook it up, you hook it up. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the one that's like responsible for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. not my speed. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, it, it's funny because. Um, you know, it, it allows me to go back to joke. Now, you know, one of the things I've always talked about is um, is when you do stand up comedy, you you say the joke so many times that you get a rhythm. Oh yeah. And so there's, I have to have a joke kind of about this, you know. Yeah. And, you told it on here before, Joey. Oh, the joke actually. Yeah, because I think we've talked about. Something about setting you up with someone because I'm very familiar with where where you're going. Wait, are you talking about are, are you talking about the joke that joke? Or are you talking about the joke I was going to get to? Is remember when I went on? But I'm, the, the point is, everybody, if I if my voice if my cadence changes, it's because I'm going I'm slipping into my stand up routine and I'm trying to actually yeah. tell like a real story and not. 
And if anyone wants to know, this is a similar cadence to what Joe gets when um, a cute boy is around. And <laughs> he just turns into talk show host Joe. <laughs> this is what we experience. The point is this, is I once signed up for an app. No, it was a website at the time called Bigger City. I think it's still around. It, and, and Bigger City is for fat gay men and the chubby chasers who love them. Okay? So I sign up for this bigger city, okay? And I I get well, I get people responding, but they're other fat gay men. Okay? So I'm complaining about this to my friend Jonathan, who's no longer my friend. And I go I go I I go I like I I I don't want to date another fat guy. I like thin guys. You know, why can't I find a thin guy? I go, I go the, because the truth is thin guys do not find fat guys attractive. There's no That's... one. No, well, hold on. I'm telling the story. No one oh. finds fat guys attractive. And Jonathan goes like, you're being ridiculous. Of course, there are people who find fat guys attractive. I mean, there are people who like all sorts of fucked up shit. He goes, <laughs> he goes, there are people who want someone to shit in their mouths. And I, and so then I go. Really? That's your comparison? Like, that's that's the thing. If that was his comparison. Like, uh, somewhat liking a fat guy, there are people who are just as fucked up who want someone to shit in their mouths. You know? And, so, and yeah. just to finish the joke... I understand. Oh, go ahead. In the, in the routine, I, in real life, we just... I, we laughed at that. But in the routine, I always ended the joke with, like... Because I know, knowing my luck, I'd, I'd find a guy who's like, you know, I like long walks on the beach... And uh, candlelight dinners, um, and someone to uh, shit in my mouth, um, but no fatties. That's gross. Okay, that was the end of the routine. Go ahead. Sorry. Sure. I I think his point wasn't he wasn't trying to equate the two. I think he was saying that there are very small slivers of people that like very like niche things. Mm-hmm. So something like, um body size is you know i'm sure there's somebody out there well no look look here's the deal since then i have met people to a point where it's sick have a thing for fat people okay uh uh one of the uh, one of them is a comedian that my friend laurie insulted okay uh multiple times by the way uh, and then I, you know, like I told you, there's been like uh, this by, thi- sh- by showing him Rotten Tomato reviews. <laughs> <laughs> no, one time, one time, Lori and I were were um, standing outside of the of the Improv in Hollywood, shooting the shit, and uh, this guy and I had just hooked up. I think like I'm literally still flush, like I'm still like red. And my hair's all messed up. We just hooked up in the bathroom of the improv. Okay. Bow legged. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't walk. And there's like gross white stuff by my mouth, right? And and I go outside, I'm smoking a cigarette, you know, because that's what you do after you <laughs> hook up. And Wait, did you really fuck in the bathroom? Yeah, and then he did this thing Joe. where he where he, he goes, You leave first, so it's not suspicious. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm I'm walking out with like you know like I can't walk and uh, no I got no anyway he's he's the bottom I fucked him like my zipper's yeah. down and like a wet spot in my pants and shit like that right 
And then he walks. So then I walk out and I, and I go with, I meet Lori outside and we're smoking a cigarette. Well, I'm smoking a cigarette. She doesn't smoke. And then um, a few minutes later, he walks out, right? And he's talking to me. And I can't even remember what, I'm sure Lori remembers, but I can't remember what we were talking about. But I'm going to make up, he says something like, you know, so uh, he wanted something. I don't remember what it was. He wanted something. And then Lori Roggenkamp just randomly shouts, um, uh, uh, kitty cat. And he looks at her with such anger in his face. <laughs> like, and like, he goes, what did you say? And she goes, kitty. Ca-. Oh, I know what it was. He walked out and I said, hey, I have something to give you. I don't remember what it was. He, he walked out. He, he, we're, we're in that afterglow. And I go, hey, I have, I have something to give you later. And I don't remember what it was. And she and he goes, what? And there's a beat. And then she goes, kitty cat. <laughs> and he goes, what did you say? Like, if, as if she said, I'm going to give you AIDS, you motherfucker. Or something like that, right? And he okay. goes, she goes, kitty cat. He's going to give you a kitty cat. And it was so fucking tense. It was so awkward. But there are multiple times where Lori just like somehow just offended him or insulted him. It was, That's on him though. There's nothing. Oh yeah. About that. Oh yeah. 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 It's it's all completely on him. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the point is, she introduces me to that guy. I'm probably gonna. I do have his number. I'm probably gonna call him and hang out with him. And I want to be his friend. I can always use a new friend. But as and then this has nothing to do with with whether he's sexually attractive or not. As you know, I'm just not currently available, and so it's always nice to have a new friend in Los Angeles. But it, I think it you can tell a lot, and this is a joke you're going at. You can tell a lot what people think about you by who they try to set you up with, because the the joke you're talking about, I'm not going to do the joke. That is a joke, but it, it comes from a real story. In that some friends of mine were like, Joe, we want, to, we want to set you up with somebody. Which actually now, in retrospect, I should have gone on a date with the guy. But he, they're like, and this, by the way, I'm probably like 25 years old at this point. I'm 25 and they're like, he's 52. Okay. And, and, and at that point, I'm not like, no. I'm not like, no. Right? I'm not over it. I'm just like, okay. And they're like, he's a doctor. I'm like, go on. Right? here's the part that turned me off. It had nothing to do with his age and it had nothing to do. Well, obviously I wouldn't care if he's a doctor. He he had been like in the, in magazines for his huge collection of share dolls. <laughs> he had the you guys w- would be best friends with the Jonathans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You imagine guys going on double dates and you and, um, it would be kind of cool. Cause yeah, we do. Because it would, it would be kind of cool because then John Paul and I could hang out while yes. they're at these like conventions. Yeah. 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 That would be fun. But but now this guy is um you know in his seventies. But that but that's the thing. That's where I'm stupid. Is if I would have been with him, like he's in the seventies. How much longer does he have? I would have inherited that whole share doll fortune. Which look, here's the deal with John. Let's talk about John Paul because John Paul is significantly younger than Evil John. Okay. Is when Evil John dies, okay, he is going to leave a massive, massive amount of shit for John Paul. But that shit is worth quite valuable. a bit of money, you know? Yeah. So he, 
he could find like a consignment sort of person who just fucking does it too. Yeah, he can like make one a team. person, one fee. Yeah, does it. You know. Yeah. So, um, so you're gonna call him? You're gonna hang out with this soulmate guy? I'll hang out with him. Yeah, why not? Okay. Tell us about it. I doubt it's gonna ever happen. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna text them right now. As, as you just you just told us how you're struggling to motivate yourself to do anything. People, everyone who can hear your voice knows that you're only motivated by cute young men. Uh-huh. You've told me he's not a cute young man. He's not your type. Well, oh, I'm not going to date him, but I'll hang out with him. No, I'm saying you won't. That well, you don't know I'll hang out with him. Joey, listen to this. A foul odor uh, permeated from a massive bag of human shit left on a street corner in San Francisco's Tenderloin District on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The horrendous smell and sight quickly gained notoriety when a Reddit user posted a screenshot of the report made to San Francisco's Citizen app for identifying crimes. Joey, it was a 20-pound bag of feces dumped onto the sidewalk. 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Alfaro, a spokesperson for 311, says three reports of the human waste came in on the corner of Cedar and Polk, mm-hmm. and they don't know anything about it. Alfaro says the customer did report a large amount of waste. It was sent to Public Works. This is not typical. <laughs> End of statement. Where do you so, get 20 pounds of waste? Right? And so people are all speculating. You know what it was? I bet you it was a bunch of old episodes of Catching Up. I'm not Catching Up. Fuck, I just fucked this joke up. (laughs) It's a bunch of old episodes of Cocktails and Cream Puffs. Isn't that weird, though? Like, do you think, I mean, maybe one crazy person, like, collected it? But the report said that you could smell it uh, basically within a three-mile radius. Isn't that just awful? Where does it come from? Did it come in on the back of a truck? I really am trying to solve this puzzle of where 20 pounds of feces came from. I don't know. I don't know. Do they, do they have any clues whatsoever? None. No. It's over. I mean, it was an atrocious smell. This isn't typical. We don't know the source. Uh, they also don't know if it's people or dogs. It could have been feces picked up from the street. It could have been from someone's house. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Luckily in a bag. I'm going to admit something to you. Yeah. One time when I was doing stand-up. Okay. No, Joe. No. No. You don't know where I'm going with this. You didn't shit in a bag, did you? No, no, no. And I was driving home really late at night. And I had to pee so badly. Okay. But I kept thinking, I can make it home. I can make it home because I was not super far from home. I was still probably, when this happened, 10 minutes away from home. 15 minutes away from home. I don't know when. I was, oh, I can tell you because you know where it is. I was, I was probably, I was living in Newport, but I was like in Fountain Valley. Okay? On the okay. 405. Yeah. When finally my, my bladder, and I don't, know if you, I don't know if you ever, have you ever peed your pants before? I know when I tell jokes, you do a little bit because I'm so funny. But <laughs> have you ever actually like really like, like emptied your bladder in your pants? I mean, not since I was really young, and I don't really remember. Okay. Well, I have when oh, I was not God. so young. And I, at a certain point, you're like, well, we're doing this. We're doing right. this, right? And it just, I, and I was just wet, and it was gross. And I realized that I happened to have a gym bag 
where I had like a towel and extra clothes, right? Yeah. So I pulled over to the side of the road, which I should have just done and peed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I like put on my hazards and I went in the back seat and I changed out of the peed clothes. And I put on like the sweatpants and like well, I dried myself with a towel and put on the sweatpants. But then I just left the peed pants and underwear on the side of the road. I didn't want in my car. It's gross. Yeah. So that means someone later found like, you know, some some person who was like had a DUI and was cleaning up trash on the side of the freeway, then just found like some pissed pants and underwear. Yeah, on the probably side of the dry freeway. though. They didn't know. Oh, you know what? They, they were probably dry by then. You're right. Someone threw these out. Let's pick oh, them. Oh yeah, I'm gonna wear them now. Hmm. Yeah, but maybe that's what happened with the shit. Maybe someone was like, "I really got a dump," and so he had a big what, lunch. Twenty pounds. You know. You know. Yeah. Haven't we all had one twenty pounder? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Look. Well, you know, maybe I did because in college, I don't even know if I lived in the dorms. Um, I I don't I don't like to poop in front of people. Right. You actually have I mean, you don't love to talk about poop, actually. We've no. had stories where you're like, I can't say much. Mm-hmm. This is about poop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like talking about it. You're right. Yeah. But in college you pooped a lot? No, I didn't poop at all. Oh, because you were around people. Yeah, in the dorms, I was around people. I pr- I feel like I would have found a a one a private bathroom on campus somewhere and made weekly visits at least. Mm-hmm. You know, like regular. Breaking news: uh, the fat redheaded guy has just texted me back uh, saying, "I'm flexible. I work Wednesday to Sunday, eleven to six p.m. currently." And uh, he and then that was it. He wants to set it up. He works eleven to six p.m. That's it mm-hmm. on Wednesday, thir- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, that's five days a week. Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> I read a text message. I didn't really actually pay attention to it. He yeah. said, "Yeah, work Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah, that's Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Mondays and Tuesdays are day off." Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What does he do? <laughs> he works. At, so he's like a, like in he works in like retail. Oh, you should hang out with him. I don't think you will, though. What do you got going? Oh, do you have any news stories? I do. I do. And I was telling a friend of the show, Adam Vaught, oh, how I'm not dreading. I'm almost like anxious to talk about this news story. Okay. I'm going to preface it with because I have complicated feelings about what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So I'm not, I don't have, I don't really have an official opinion. I'm just presenting the case as is. I'm, I'm basically presenting a problem so to speak. Okay. Okay. And I don't really have, I'm going to talk, I want to talk on my feelings right here with you. Even though it's not about the Thai cave boys, I want to talk about the Thai cave boys. Okay. Okay. You know, they're going to make a movie out of the Thai cave boys. There's already two movies in the works as we speak about the Thai cave boy drama. Right. Right. And I know, and I'm already very angry about this in anticipation that it's going to turn into White people save the Thai boys. I can already sure. see it in the media. Vox has done stories about the Thai boys, and they always focus on this British diver. I'm thinking this British diver might be the, the white guy that they focus on, you know? 
And like even Elon Musk is at war with the British diver. The British diver seems to be the focus on all these Thai cave boy stories. Okay. And if they if Hollywood does that, it's atrocious. It's awful. It's sort of it's, it sort of reminds me of what happened today with Donald Trump, where like we all knew Trump is sucking Putin's dick, you know, and we knew when he was going to meet Putin that he was going to suck Putin's dick. And then we go, he goes up there, and we're all shocked. Not only that he sucked Putin's dick, but like to the extent that he did, right? Where like he didn't even try and dress it up. Okay. I feel it's going to be the same thing with this Thai cave boy movie where we know Hollywood's going to do it. We're going to scream and yell and like, don't do this. It has to be Thai people saved. Like there's this beautiful story that I read after the Thai cave boy where it showed this woman next to a field. Okay. And they were talking because, you know, when the, and the Thai cave boy thing, they were pumping, they had machines that were just constantly pumping water out as much water as they can out of the cave. And it flooded near, nearby farms I and mean, like, nearby, nearby fields that were growing uh, crops. And they had this picture of this woman and they were saying, you know, like, hey, listen, uh, uh, all your crops are ruined. How do you feel about that? And she said, my crops will come back next year, but you can't replace the lives, of, you can't replace little boys or something like that, you know? And so, like, they're all. And they, I remember there was other picture of this guy just a like, caked in mud, a Thai man caked in mud. And this guy, I think he used to like go and like leave the tanks for the the, the divers along the way. And he was like, one of the last people out. And he's caked in mud. Like that guy is a hero. This Asian woman is a hero. It's, it's how the Thai people came together to save their own kids, right? And yes, there were white people who were helping, and Elon Musk was observing for some reason, right? But it's not white people saving the Thai boys. But you know that this movie is going to be uh, Chris Pratt single-handedly goes in there and carries out all the Thai boys in one fell swoop. You know? I bring that up because now I'm going to bring up... Did you hear about this Scarlett Johansson was cast in a movie? Yeah. About a transgender woman. Yeah, Rub and Tug. Yes, Rub and Tug, and the transgender community, the trans community was very up in arms and upset about this. And I know their argument, we'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk a little bit about how this, as someone who's just gone through something like this, how this kind of stuff works and the importance of movie stars in show business, and not the way you think, in that movie stars are judged. And, and 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 their value is determined by that opening weekend, okay? In other words, in Hollywood, a movie star is not judged by how much overall the movie makes or how good the movie is. A movie star is judged by that opening weekend. So in other words, you'll hear like sometimes like in, in the old days, like Adam Sandler can open a movie. Who would be a person who can open a movie? Like Julie Roberts is a very established movie star. Julie Roberts is in a movie... Uh, it's going to have a really good opening weekend. She's a movie star, right? And that's important because then it, it sets the trajectory for the film. You need you get the, the star gets the asses in the seats, at least that opening weekend. And then it depends on the film to carry it for the length of how long the film lasts, all right? But that's how movie stars are judged. But it's also movie stars are used to get financing for little films like this. So you have this little film, Rub and Tug, okay? And they're probably super stoked, like, oh, my God, we got Scarlett Johansson to be in, to star in our movie, right? And they, that means people who finance films, especially these little films, are like, you know what? I'm going to invest money in this movie because, um, 
Scarlett Johansson is in it. That means there's a higher, we have a movie star in it. The, the, the odds of my getting my money back plus some money are better because she's in it. So I'm going to invest money in this movie. So like I said, I don't have, I don't have, like I told you my whole Thai boys thing. And I don't have a problem with the trans, what the trans communities complain about. But just unfortunately, the way things are now, there are no trans movie stars who can carry a film, okay? And so now this film is just not going to be made. Now, I know the argument from the trans community, and maybe this maybe this will change, so maybe we will see this, is not necessarily that they had, that you had to have a trans... And actually, maybe you might know. I don't know. But, because I want to hear the argument for this. It's not that you have to have a trans woman in the role, but that they were mad that a cisgendered woman was playing a transgendered woman that they would prefer to be, if they're going to do not a transgendered woman, to do a cisgendered male in the role. And I don't know if you know the argument behind that or anything I like don't. That. I don't, yeah. So that's why, I, like, go ahead. Well, it's weird, though, because it's like a catch-22. Because yeah. how does a, like, the way you said that there's a list of people that open a movie, mm-hmm. like, those people don't just become that thing. They have to be in things to get there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, transgender people need to get cast in things. No, you're right. You're right. No, you can cast them in. But unfortunately, what I'm saying is just the state of the way it is, there are just no transgender movie stars. I'm not I'm not saying that there shouldn't be. And I'm not saying that it's just, just that's just the way it is. You know, there are I'm no. I'm saying it's a catch-22 that there, there can't be a, like a movie star if they're not getting cast in movies at all. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you're I, saying they won't get cast in movies because there's no transgender movie star. And I'm saying there's no transgender movie star because they're not getting cast in movies. Well, I think the, the, I think the hope is that – yeah, I think what the way it will happen is that they, they start with a smaller role. You know, the problem with um, – who's the one from Orange is the New Black? Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox, and she's fantastic, but she's a horrible actress. I don't know why she's good in Orange is the New Black. She is. But like in anything else I've seen that is not Orange is the New Black, she's awful. She's literally awful. She did Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did you see that? No, but I heard it was awful. It's pretty bad, but yeah. the whole thing was bad. No, but well, yeah, but then I, 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 there's a movie out there that she's in that I saw that's actually critically acclaimed, and it has really good actors in it. And then you, when she's in it, you're like, oh, she's really bad, you know. And I think she's a hero. So like, we need to find someone who rises through the ranks, like Laverne Cox is doing. But Laverne Cox, even if you go to Laverne Cox, one, the problem with Hollywood again is you run into is then once they find the one transgender person and that's like they do it with Asian people get it really badly you know like basically at all at one time there's only like one or two Asian people and that's they're the go tos you know so like right now it's just you know Sa- Sandra Oh and the woman from uh, uh, Fresh Off the Boat you know they're every Asian person and then the husband's always every Asian guy and so and then John Cho is like every Asian guy you know like there's like they have like a really small clique of Asian people and that's the ones that they get all the roles and I don't know why Hollywood does that because there's a bunch of incredible Asian actors incredible but I don't know I just hate Hollywood it's so stupid but 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 then but going back to this is it's weird because now Scarlett Johansson's not in it but then also, you know, what's that that actress? And she's really good. She won. She got an Academy Award nomination, didn't she? For and she was a wasn't she a, a the woman the one that's married to 
Man, Betty. No, well, no, well, no, come on. William H. Macy. Who's the one married to William H. Macy and she was on Desperate Housewives? Felicity. Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. I wonder what, what that, why that was okay. Maybe it was before the trans people had a voice. But Yeah, it was. It was certainly before, or before their voice was as strong as it currently is. And it's not, you know, still has room to grow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if you had any answers for this dilemma. I don't. I think um, I don't even really have much to add. So <laughs> what do you got going on next week, Joey? So I'm supposed to go with the Johns to Comic-Con. Yes. But Comic-Con is such a pain in the ass that I'm 50-50 whether I'm going to go or not. In San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. So like I was gonna take I was gonna hitch I was gonna hitch no but then I'm stuck there and I'm, I'm hitching a ride with Natalie my cousin Natalie um and she is going with you know like like I was tired of DragCon but at least at DragCon I was in LA and I could just leave you know I'm stuck in San Diego it's a mess it's just I don't know I'm I'm really torn and then I'm supposed to go to a screening of this documentary that I've been lucky enough to be. A part of called Rocio. In fact, if anyone uh, is in East L, if anyone has Saturday afternoon free and you live by East LA, you know, like for instance, John Marti and Nico Martinez are close by. Maybe they have Saturday afternoon free. There's a free screen of a documentary of a part of called Rocio at the East LA Library at 3 p.m. on Saturday. I'll post it on uh, my Instagram at Joe Batanz and on Facebook, and you guys can. Uh, if, if anyone's in the L.A., East L.A. area, go to it. It's, it's an amazing film, and I'm lucky to be a part of it. Rocio, 3 p.m. this Saturday. Oh, by the way, here's to sweeten the pot. My cousin Richard. I'm like, do you know I have a cousin named Richard? He's a week younger than me and gay. Yeah, I've seen his Instagram. Yeah, so you probably don't know what he looks like. You just see his dick. Anyway, um, he he's going to be hosting the Q&A, actually, and okay. interviewing um, Dario um about the film after the, the screening so everyone should go it's free screening east la library look it up uh that's what i have going on what about you um well i am putting out this book so kind of focusing on some of the social media stuff and um kind of working some of my diabetes press contacts to see mm-hmm. what i could do there um once it goes live just kind of just enjoying that um i have weird work stuff happening just not drama, but like uh, we lost someone on the team, and so <gasps> what happened to them? She moved to San Diego, oh. so just kind of picking up that slack, and like the workload isn't difficult, but the schedule is weird. So my life is just kind of in turmoil when it comes to that. And um, I've been going to the gym a lot. Um, just kind of living that life now. That's who I am. So <laughs> uh, that's it. Uh, but I look forward to catching up with you again next week, Joe. And if you're listening to this, you can join us next week on Monday. We record live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Pacific at Mixler.com slash Drag Race Recap, which is M-I-X-L-R.com slash Drag Race Recap. Uh, Mondays at 8 p.m. Uh, go to hell, Joe. Wait, also, if you're here, in the if, if you're in the chat room now, don't go anywhere, because Mike and I do basically just as long of another show, but this is where Mike's going to talk yeah. about all his dirty stories and Joe's dirty stories. Dirty, It's the Dirty Stories Hour. It's catching up after dark, after this. 
Yeah, and if you guys aren't listening live on Mixer.com slash Drag Race Recap, you're missing out. Oh, wait, go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at cupodcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. And follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week.